And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Our text is taken from Revelation chapter 16. We'll look at only two verses tonight. I want to continue from where we stopped last week. We jump over to verse verse 8 and 9. Tonight, I want to talk on the topic, the sun becomes a killer. Isn't that interesting? The sun created by God for warmth, for light, as a source of energy. Mm-hmm. The day is going to come, according to what Jesus told John, the day is going to come when the sun is going to scorch men, the word men here means human beings, with fire. It is God's sun. Amen? It is God's son and he does what he wants with his son. Praise the Lord. Our text is taken from Revelation chapter 16, verse 8 to 9. It reads, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and the power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And verse 9 says, And the word men here means human beings, and human beings were scorched with great heat, and instead of repenting, look at their response. We are told, after they scorched with great heat, they blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give God glory. Wow. By way of introduction, let me say, brothers and sisters, so far, the judgments poured out on the earth in rapid succession so far resulted in blistered bodies that's vial number one so far what's happening here in addition to the sun scorching men this is what has happened and you'd think that the earth dwellers would by by now repent so let me give let me briefly review as to what has happened we have blistered bodies with incurable ulcers Stinking seas, the entire sea, seawater, turned into blood. The fishing industry is gone. Mm. No cruise ship. Here goes the carnival. And you would think by now they would repent. Mm. Vial number three, blood. Red rivers, so blistered bodies, incurable ulcers, stinking seas, blood red rivers, and still they have repented. Vial number four, the sun now began to scorch human beings. And instead, according to verse 9, instead of repenting, the people blaspheme God. And since, let me share with you, this is going to happen. I know... And I thank those of you who have contacted me. This is going to happen. I know some of us, we have difficulties embracing this truth. The book of Revelation, especially chapter 16, is a very hard chapter to teach. And because of that, a lot of people just go through it rather quickly. But I want to take my time because what I want to do is make you see. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, he was called to be a preacher to make... I'm talking too fast. He was called to be a preacher to make human beings see from the way he preached. 
It is my intention to make you see what potentially might happen so we can be motivated to start telling people the truth in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, as I said, this is going to happen. Remember, the Apostle John is sharing with us what Jesus showed him. You know, in Matthew chapter 24, I think around verse 3, Jesus' disciples asked him privately. They said, tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? They asked Jesus, tell us. And so what Jesus did, he gave them a brief, I would say, oversimplistic recount of what's going to happen. I don't have time to go there, but this is how we concluded what was going to happen. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Because my words are eternal. So he gave them a brief account of the seven years in Matthew chapter 24. And then at the end he said to them, look, this is going to happen. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My words will never pass away. And while it's difficult to embrace and difficult, it's difficult to understand and, and identify with brothers and sisters, it is going to happen. Psalms 119 verse 89 says... Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, it is settled in heaven. And so, brothers and sisters, it's going to happen. We are told in verse, is it verse 8, that God, when the fourth vial is poured out, hmm, the fourth angel is going to pour out his vial, and upon the sun... And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. I want to say this before I go any further. This is not the first time the sun has been affected by God's judgment. It's not the first time. We are going through the vile judgments. We've been through the trumpet judgments. Prior to that, the sun only shone for two-thirds of the time. In, it, in Revelation 16, the sun is shining for 8 hours a day instead of 12 hours. Because in Revelation chapter 8, when the fourth angel sounded trumpet, the trumpet judgment, God smite the earth. And a third of the sun, a third of the stars and the moon were already affected. So they're living, they're seeing, they're having 8 hours of sunlight. They saw what happened. Oh, Father, we thank you. And that's why I'm saying, brothers and sisters, it is going to happen because God's judgment is progressive. He's just not letting it out one time. He's giving people a chance to breathe and reconsider. He's giving them a chance to come to themselves like the prodigal son. The Bible says the prodigal son came to himself. It appears that these people will never come to themselves. That's why I'm, I have concluded that these people have to be demon-possessed. Saints, pray, pray, pray for your family members. Pray for your kinfolks. Pray because it is going to happen. Pray hard that your brothers and sisters are saved. Good friends, cousins, 
Amen. Stand in the gap for them. What's going to happen in the last seven and a half years on earth? You wouldn't wish on your enemy. You wouldn't if, well, if you do have an enemy. <laughs> but it is so devastating. It is so heartbreaking. And I'm hoping, as I said, that it motivates us to do the right thing. Amen? And so what I want to do, I want to bring up my first exhibit tonight to show you from Revelation chapter 8, verse 12, what has happened to the sun already. I was asked to review, and I said, I'm not going to review everything, but when I, when I do get the time to review, I will review. Amen? So, as I stated initially, the sun in Revelation chapter 8, we are here in Revelation chapter 16, verse 8. That's where we are. We are on the bold judgments. Revelation chapter 8 verse 12 talks about the trumpet judgments. Amen? We are here, bold judgments, trumpet judgments. I'm going to review quickly. As I said, God has been dealing with the sun long before Revelation chapter 16. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 8 verse 12 says, And the fourth angel sounded. That's, as you can see here, I have been read. That's a trumpet judgment. And when the fourth angel sounded, the third part of the sun was smitten. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. That's why I said, instead of 12 hours, now they have 8 hours. They've lost 4 hours of light. And still they cannot repent. It's, you know, it's interesting. In... I think it's in Revelation chapter 14 verse 7. The angels, after being deployed to preach the everlasting gospel during the last three and a half years of the tribulation, told the earth dwellers, and I quote directly from Revelation 14, 17. This is what the angel told them. The angel said to them, give glory. <laughs> 14, 7, 7, sorry. Seven. The angel is telling the, they, they are preaching the everlasting gospel. And they are telling the earth dwellers, give glory to him, to God, for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and the earth and the sea. Worship God who made heaven. He made the three heavens and he made the celestial bodies. They didn't just appear by accident as a result of a big boom. God is the one who made the heavens. And the heavens here is, rep is representative of uh, all the celestial bodies including the sun. So they're telling them it is God's son. It is not your son. Do not take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Do not take the son for granted. They ignored God. They ignored God. Still doing their own thing. And that is when God decided his judgment moved from earth to now heaven. Since there is a pounding coming on the earth, God is going to smash the earth with his fist and he's going to shake the earth. 
remember the, uh, the last earthquake we had you saw it on tv in california where people began to cry it was just it wasn't it was nothing you they showed a pool a pool just broke in two and the water went you you saw that and people began to cry they showed the people uh, in the supermarkets trying to hold anything looking for a, a straw a straw to hold because the foundations of every building was being moved and that is nothing there is an earthquake coming that's going to hit the entire world you see, sometimes we read, we read this and we don't understand the magnitude of what's going to happen. You read this and it brings tears to your eyes. A hurricane that affected one little city in California. And people were grabbing anything for just to remain <laughs> stable. We have another coming like the world, have, the world has never seen. And everybody just keep going back and forth doing their own thing. Praise the Lord, it's another day to make as much money as we can. You know, hallelujah. And the angel said to worship him because the heavens belongs to God. Hmm? Can you imagine the sun which gave light? It was a source of light. It gave warmth. The sun gave energy. Some people are still in the solar business. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> and it's, it is doing well. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. The sun which served as an organic clothes dryer. You remember that's what we did back in the, back in the country. The sun served as what? As a, an organic clothes dryer. There is no dryer. When I grew up in the country, we, we had our clothes hanging in the sun. So I, we, my wife and I, we, we, you know, we have a deck at the back of a house. So I proceeded to run a line from one edge of the deck to the other. And I'm hearing my wife saying, that is too ghetto. I'm saying ghetto. <laughs> That's what I'm used to. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry to bring it to the pulpit, pulpit, but it bothered me so much because I, I'm used to hanging my clothing in the sun and thought it would be okay. The city girl is telling me I'm ghetto. And so I took, I took down my line. And she said, let's, let's use the dry, amen. Let's pay for the electricity. <laughs> Hey, glory be to God. But brothers and sisters, now the sun, which has been a blessing to us now, it's be, it has become a deadly killer to the point where it, began, it begins to scorch human beings. Now to get an understanding as to what might be happening to the sun, I looked up the word smitten. I'm still, I'm coming to Revelation 16, verse 8, but I'm still on Revelation uh, 8 verse 12 because that's where God started with the sun smitten I looked up the word smitten because I need to turn every story in the Greek to understand what is happening so I can communicate communicate information so smitten in the Greek is from a verb from which the noun plague derives yes it is a verb from which the noun plague derives. So this seems to be saying that according to verse 8 here. That the sun and other heavenly bodies are hit with a plague from God. God is going to 
plague the sun and a third of it. The very sun God created. And that is why instead of 12 hours of sunlight, they're going to get only eight. Smitten also conveys the idea of smashing. I want you to think, I want you to imagine in your minds an orange, an orange, hmm? and a clenched fist coming down and smashing a third of the orange. That is what's going to happen. Now I ask myself, has this ever happened before? Has the sun been darkened before? Yes. You remember in Egypt? Let's, let's, let's look at it quickly. Exodus chapter 10. Let's read verse 21 to 23. This will bless you here. This will bless you. Exodus chapter 10, verse 21 to 23. Has the sun ever been darkened before? We are told here, it reads verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. Three days. They saw, no, they saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. What a blessing. What a blessing. So, you, in Egypt, the Israelites lived in, anybody knows where they lived? The Israelites, they were not living together with the, with the Egyptians. They had a separate place given to them. Gotham. You remember that? So, you look, is it Gotham? I'm not sure. The, uh, uh, right. So, so can, can you imagine? So, you step over, it's darkness. You step out, it's light. <laughs> How is that possible? You can see the line, the separation. Uh, you step now; it's dark. You can. It is so dark. You can. It is so dark. It is thick. You can feel it. You step over, and the sun begins to shine. The sun begins to shine. What a miracle! You know the same power that brought forth that miracle lives in you and I. Well, let me say it again. That same power that caused the separation of light and darkness in Egypt lives in you and I. I think it's 2 Peter verse 1 verse 3 says, According as his divine power hath. 2 Peter 1 3 I think it is. According as his divine power. The word according means to the degree of or in proportion to. According as his divine power hath. Given unto us all things that pertains to what? Thank you, it's right there. Second Peter 1 3. According, according means to the degree of <laughs> his divine power hath given unto us. Notice not is going to. Yes, thank you. Past tense. That's why when you hear people pray, Lord, can you make a way? And Lord, stop by here. You, you, have to, so you, you have to wonder, what is going on? When will we get it? 
What is going on if the church comes to the, if the church gets the revelation that it is finished and that it is done and that God is for us? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what we can do to the kingdom of darkness? But we all must come to that revelation. And so that is why it bothers me a lot when I hear people praying, God, will you, will you, will you? The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. And we now make it manifest. How? When will we get that? When? When will we get that? Not only that, when will we embrace that? When will we embrace the truth and make it manifest? And not sit back waiting, 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 waiting. God moved along, moved. God is waiting on us. He moved out. He's waiting on us. Anyhow, Father, we thank you for your word. Isn't that a blessing? My God, I give you praise. So many of the things God is doing in Revelation 16, he's done them way before. Way before. Glory be to Jesus. Way before. One commentator said, the loss of, of heat from the sun in Revelation 8.12 will cause temperatures to plunge drastically all over the world. That will severely disrupt the earth's weather patterns and the sea's tides leading to violent, unpredictable storms and tides. The destruction of crops and further loss of animal and human lives. Can you imagine what's going to happen? And as I said, since it's going to happen, it is going to happen. It is sad, but it's going to happen. The Old Testament prophets associated such signs in heaven with the day of the Lord. The Old Testament prophets prophesied and they told us it's going to happen. This Amos said in Amos chapter 8 verse 9, he said, And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. <laughs> right here. Emma said, I'm going to cause the sun. Now, here am I saying, you're going to get, get eight hours. Emma said, no, 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 no. The, it seems more like six. Six to 12, and that's it. <laughs> oh, God. Emma says here, and I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. Emma told it to us. So, right at noon, darkness. And folks will still not repent. How sad and how frightening to see how people's hearts are hardened. Can you show me the next exhibit of the sun? Yes. Revelation 16, 8. And the sun and the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch with fire. Supposing that's how the sun looks. The word scorch here means to burn with a glow. With fire, meaning intense heat, exceeding anything in any human has experienced. You know, during summer, it gets so hot, 100, 105, and we all look for a safe place. God knows what the temperature of the sun will go up to. Amen?
Now, let me, let me tell you, we do not know how this is going to happen, but there has been a lot of conjecture with respect to the scorching of the sun. And so what I'm going to do, since is share with you what some Bible scholars think might happen, why the sun might be scorching individual. Now, I'll tell you this right here. How it is to be done, that's not our department. We just know it's going to happen. <laughs> Let me say that again. How God is going to do that, nobody can say definitively, but we know it's going to happen. But some Bible scholars want to volunteer some, inf some information about it. So let's read it. One said it might be a nuclear holocaust an, or nuclear bomb, or it could be the sun itself turned up to its solar maximum. Possibly, one commentator said, it may be a, there may be a hole in the ozone layer or the entire layer itself might just be depleted. Or it maybe it might be a nuclear war. One said severe heat and radiation from the sun are going to scorch, scorch the ungodly and evil people on the earth. So as I said, we do not know. But this we know for sure. This is what we know. The weather will be so hot that it will be like burning in a hot oven. A hot oven, right? You say oven. That's how the weather will be so hot, it will be like burning in a hot oven. Can, let, let me show you what that might look like. I think I have an exhibit on this right here. Right here. That's what potentially might happen to people. And notice this guy over here. He seems he has no intention to repent. Right here. His fist is up to heaven clenched in defiance. I think I have another exhibit. Can you show the next exhibit, please? Right here. He's right here still. Fourth bowl, the sun. At a temperature, no one knows. And people are just falling out. Notice these people are already, they already have blistering sores, <laughs> ulcers. Then comes the sun. And instead, instead he gives glory to God. Here, he's raising a fist and blaspheming God. One can imagine the expletives that's pouring out of his mouth. You know, the story is told, the story is told of, a, of a man who was building a birdhouse for his kids in his garage. His friend stopped by and began to look at him intently. <laughs> This is a joke, amen? <laughs> Look, I thought I would just be, amen? I know you're still, you're so focused on what's going to happen to in the book of Revelation. I have to bring in a little joke so we can smile. Praise the Lord. The information is so intense. <laughs> so his friend stopped by and began to look at him intently. And so he stopped and he asked his friend, he said to his friend, why are you staring at me so hard? And his friend said, sooner or later, you're going to pound your fingers. And I just want to hear what's going to come out of your mouth. I'm saying because you see, you see these people here, they are blaspheming. It's the heat has been turned on. Sometimes the heat gets turned on on us. And some expletives. Mm. So he said, I just want to hear 
what's going to come out of your mouth because I know sooner or later you're going to pound your fingers. And so they begin to talk, praise the Lord, drank some lemonade, and, so, and sooner rather than later, the man pound his fingers. He, <laughs> you know how it happens. You, you've, you've, uh, you've run into a rock or with your toes, amen? How many of you know what that feels like? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, yeah. So you can identify. So it wasn't his toes, it was his fingers. And my Lord, what came out of his mouth? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. His friend concluded, you seem to have a different vocabulary. <laughs> he said, Peter cursed three times and he had nothing on you. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Amen. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, when we are placed in a very tight situation... We express ourselves otherwise. Amen? But I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is going to come since when the earth dwellers are going to really wish they had accepted Christ as their Lord and Saviors. Amen? As I said, we do not know how this is going to happen, and I submitted some suggestions to you, but this is what I want you to keep in mind. The sun is so strategically positioned by God. You hear me very carefully. This is a blessing. The sun is so strategically positioned by God that if it is tilted one degree closer to the earth, everyone and everything on the earth is going to burn up. One degree closer to the earth, everything burns up. One degree away from the earth, everything freezes to death that's how strategic god has placed the sun so it's well positioned for us to have liquid water if not everything will be frozen and heat for life to thrive on earth the time is going to come when that when you know when that will not be because of the scorching by this time there will be no electricity can you imagine no electricity Everything is burnt up. No air condition. Can you imagine that? Living on the earth, no electricity, no air condition. The sun is at a temperature beyond normalcy. People are falling out. You know, there is a phrase in the Bible that talks about Jesus is have to go. Jesus will have to wipe our tears away. You see, the time is going to come when we, we're going to realize that the people we think that would be in heaven are not there. And then God has to help us stop crying. I think that just may, that maybe maybe that's one reason. That is why I'm here taking my time to go through this account. I don't just want to run through it. This is serious. There's going to be a lot of suffering. And brothers and sisters, God has strategically positioned us amongst people to tell them the good news. And John the apostle is using his first century mind. His first century mind to try to explain what God is 
trying to communicate to us. But it is so, but he is so accurate. Tell, he, tell, he tells us the end from the beginning. Can you, the end from the beginning. That's what the Bible says about God. I think it's in Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9. He said, behold, he said, remember the former things of old. For I am God. He said, I'm God and there is none like me. There is none else. Verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning. <laughs> and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Declaring. Oh my God. Oh God, I give you praise. God has told us the end from the beginning. First century, John, the apostle is telling us what's going to happen when the world ends. Only God can do that. That's why the Bible is authentic. The Bible is true. That's why we all here must be biblicists. We all must be biblicists. Not just a Christian. A biblicist is one who, who interprets the Bible literally. Let me say that again. A biblicist is one who interprets the Bible literally. Not figuratively. Mm-hmm literally that's what god says that's what god says let's do it don't add like eve don't add like eve when you add you open up a door for the devil eve said god said don't 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 eat it and don't touch it god never said don't touch it don't add god never told her don't touch it oh and when you open up a door and you say and you add what god didn't say oh you open up a door for the devil that's why we got to be biblicists. Don't add what God. That's why, brothers and sisters, it is important for us to know God's word. If they know God's word, she told the devil, God said, don't touch it. God did not say, don't touch it. Now, how many of you agree that would be wonderful? That's good information. That's good advice. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. That's what God said. <laughs> but she added, don't touch it. God didn't say that. God just said, don't eat it. And when she said, don't touch it, Lord have mercy, the devil opened up a door for the devil. Because the devil realized, oh, oh, she doesn't know the word. It's time to move in for the kill. The same thing happens to us. <laughs> the same thing happens to us. Amen. It's important that we know the word. God tells us to write it on the tablet of our hearts. Amen. It may take time, but brothers and sisters, it's going to be all right. Write it on the tablet of your heart. <sighs> now, what is God's purpose for smiting a third of the sun? I mean, what is his purpose for doing that? We are told in um, uh, uh, smiting a third of the sun and, and in verse, and in Revelation 16 verse 8, scorching men why is god smiting the sun and scorching men let's see why verse 9 revelation 16 verse 9 tells us why we got it and men and men were scorched with what great heat and what did they do blasphemed the name of god which hath power over these plagues and they repented not to give him glory. So what was the reason for doing that? It was to invoke repentance from people. God want them to repent. And God want them to give him glory. 
Now, I'll tell you this much. I've heard a lot of men of God I respect say, when Revelation 16 takes place, hey, the age of grace is gone. The age of grace is gone. That's what they said. You can no longer ask for forgiveness. But I'm seeing here that God is still saying that they did not repent nor give him glory. I'm still seeing it. That's what he's saying. So it, so it seems to me that up until here, there is still grace. And, and that's why you cannot get rid of God's grace that easily. Now, you and I may have pulled back our grace, but not God. Oh, love doesn't give up grace like that. <laughs> and the Bible says God is expecting them to repent. God is expecting them to give him glory. But instead, they rest their feast at God. In defiance. You know, I want you to... Stop looking at the earth dwellers for now and think about us. Just think about you. Has there been something God, is there something God has placed on your heart? And he keeps giving you grace to do it. You feel the nudge. You feel the touch, the direction of God. But for some reason, we just cannot get around to do it. You feel it. You know it. And I'm here tonight to ask you, why aren't you doing what you know God has told you to do? Is it because you are too busy? Is it because we got a problem with time management? Since we, we got to ask ourselves the question, what is it that God has placed on your heart to move his kingdom? You see the need... And you know you can serve in that capacity. And so why wouldn't we do it? I just thought I would ask that question because God has need of us. Yeah, God has need of us. Yeah, God is expecting us to step up. Because the rapture is soon and very soon. This is what you and I don't want to happen to us. All the dreams and the books God has placed in our hearts to do. You, want, you don't want them undone before the rapture. Everybody here, we came here with a purpose from God. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Let me say that again. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You came here with a purpose from God. You are on a journey here on your way to heaven. You are sojourning and God gave you a gift. You didn't have to go to school for it. God gave everybody, every one of us a gift for sustenance on the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? And God has gave you a desire in your heart to do something for him. For him. Saints, don't, do not tiptoe out of this life without being what God told you to be. Because you are too busy or because you're always too tired. <laughs> we need these gifts. The body of Christ needs them. Don't sit back and say, well, 
you know, they got it. Let me share with you what, you know what moves the church? This is my third church planting. You know, well, you know what I've seen move the church? I mean, just blossomed. Prayer meeting full of people. The sins came together and prayed. prayed. There was a specific day. Prayer, prayer meeting was, was uh, the attendance was more than Bible study. And in five years, I've seen it over and over and over again. And what you do when you come to pray, you build what is called momentum. Have you ever, they call it the big MO. When you build momentum, you, you run over anything that's in your path. Anything the devil throws in your path, you get rid of it. You speak a word and it's gone. But you have to take the time to build momentum and build it and build it. But it's not been done. We, <laughs> we're so busy and understandably tired. You know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that is why. That is why Jesus left, left us that example. Every time they looked for Jesus, he was praying. Jesus, Jesus did not win the cross when he went to the cross. No, 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 no. He, he won Golgotha at Gethsemane. That's where he won Golgotha. Are you with me? He came and he asked them three times. He came for help three times. Help. And then the third time he said, get up. I got it. I finally broke through. I finally conquered myself and my fears. Now I can face anything. Anything the devil throw at me. You get what I'm saying? The very same thing we need now, but we, for some reason, we, 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 we haven't made the association as, as the body of Christ. You see? So the early church was marked, the Bible, three words. They were in one accord. One accord. They were in one accord. Always praying together. Prayer meeting. Prayer, prayer meeting's attendance was more than that of Bible study. Because that's when, that's when you build power. 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 I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to end. I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to end. When I was 16 years old, a preacher saw a lot of potential in me. He came to me and he said, Emmanuel... You have so much potential, but you are so lazy. <laughs> and he said, if God is going to do anything in your life, he cannot do it without your prayer life. He said, if he's going to do anything in your life, he, will, he cannot do it the way he wants to without a vibrant and a vivacious prayer life. And you know what? He was right. He was right. And I'm telling you since the very same thing. We have so much potential. The vision God has given. You, you know many of us we have vision. We have a lot of vision. Things God gave them to you. The things that you want to do God gave them to you. But you know what? It will never happen without God's help. 
Oh, you may be able to do it on your own, but it's going to fall apart like Humpty Dumpty until it's built the right way. And your Father, we give you the praise tonight. Since I just wanted to share this with you because we see the very same thing over and over again. We see God's grace being poured out over and over again and we refuse. We refuse. We sit back. We don't take the advantage. We don't take advantage of God's goodness. And the time keeps running. Time keeps running. You know, the new cell phones you have now, you, you can just press the button and say, Siri, put a... Uh, Put a timer for 45 minutes. You know you can do that. I, this afternoon I was cooking some rice. Siri, put a timer for 45 minutes. I, I went in the bathroom, came back. It's already 45 minutes. Siri alerted me. I said, it is 45 minutes already. And I'm saying that's how quick time goes by. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. And I'm begging you tonight, those of you who are looking, I'm begging you tonight, start doing what God has placed on your heart. Move forward. Because the rapture is close by. You want to give out everything God gave you to give. I think it was Les Brown who said, I'm not sure if he's the one who came up with it, but he said, Live full! Die empty. <laughs> Live, give out everything you came here to give. And then when you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. <laughs> you want to hear it when you've given out everything. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 
8496.